If you didn't bring a Bible with you this evening, hold up your hand. The ushers have extra Bibles. We'd be glad to let you use one of ours. And let's all turn to Romans, the 12th chapter. Romans 12. Let's believe the Lord tonight. And don't get stuck in uh, one mode of thinking or way. We need to stay open, don't we? Need to be ready to take notes or run. (laughs) Either one. Right? (laughs) To make a confession or dance. You need to be equally ready, don't you? To do one as the other. Elsewise, uh, you know, if you're not open to something, sometimes people say, well, the Spirit of God never moves on me like that. Are you open to it? Or does he already know it'd do no good? (laughs) That you wouldn't yield anyway. (laughs) And then you'd be responsible for being disobedient. So he's very gracious and merciful to let us, you know, get our act together a little better. Now, it really is a prerequisite. If you want to hear from the Lord, you've got to be willing. To hear anything he would say to you. The unwillingness is a wall between you and him. Because he knows you're unwilling before he asks you. Do you understand this? And so uh, I know uh, uh, some years ago. Well it's been decades now. It kept coming up to me about going out on the road more. And speaking more. Well I was busy where I was. Really busy. And I thought, well, I, I don't much want to think about that. And uh, it just kept coming up to me. Well, you know, when you don't want something to be the Lord, <laughs> you can imagine things. We don't, you know, we don't know what that is. And oh, if you do that, you're in trouble because the enemy will be there to help you then. If you say, we don't know what, and he'll go, oh, yeah, we don't know what that is. Maybe you ate too much pizza last night. I mean, you who, that, that ain't right. Where's that coming from? And you can do mental gymnastics trying to reason and rationalize. And the problem is not being able to hear clearly. The problem is unwillingness. And unwillingness muddies the waters and, and hinders. And so we had been needing some things in another area of our life. And month after month. It wasn't getting taken care of, and we're praying about it and looking at it month after month. Everybody say month after month. And so uh, one afternoon I came in and sat down in the chair in the living room. I was just in there by myself, and I got quiet for a little bit, and this came back up to me about me going back out on the road and doing some things more. And I sat down my, my book and my things I had in my hand. I said, Lord, forgive me. That's you. You've been dealing with me about this for months. And I don't know how exactly I can do it. But if you directed me to do it, you do. So yes, sir. I, if that's what you want me to do, I'll do it. I'll believe you. And we'll do. And I mean, I could, before I finished saying that, he spoke to my heart. And I don't mean to heard a voice now. But he speaks to every believer, if you'll listen to him. Yes, on the inside. Yes, sir. Scripture says, uh, 
the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. We're a child of God. How many would say the Spirit of God has let you know that you're a child of God? Well, if he could let you know that, he could let you know something else. Couldn't he? And so, just like that, the Lord spoke to me and said, now I'm going to talk to you about this other thing. I had no idea my unwillingness in this area was keeping me from getting this fixed. But it's connected, isn't it? And sure enough, we began to do that, and all that other problem just went away, and our provision was abundant and full, and... How many believe it pays to obey the Lord? If you'll be willing and obedient, what the scriptures say? You'll eat the good of the land. Well, what if you're not willing and you won't obey? Well, you'll eat leftovers and have wore out stuff. And the Bible said, the psalmist said, the rebellious would dwell in a dry land, a dry place. It it costs to be hard-headed. Rebellion will ruin your life. Are y'all listening, friends? Absolutely one of the worst things on the planet. Rebellion has the ability, if you yield to it, to ruin your life. It pays to obey. Go to Romans, the 12th chapter, please. That's all free. No charge for that first part there. (laughs) Actually, no charge for any of it. But uh, Romans 12, we've been on this for some uh, weeks now on Friday nights. On a series we're calling Transformed. Transformed. We've already covered a lot of ground. And if you haven't been with us, let me encourage you to go back to the Word Supply. Or go online and download it for free and get these previous teachings and get caught up because it's, uh, it's very important. And we're going into tonight on the foundation of what we've already been through previous weeks. But in the 12th chapter of Romans in the second verse has been our main text. He says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Thank you, Lord. The New Living Translation says it like this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. By changing the way you think. Is that possible? That you can become a radically different person by changing how you think? It's a fact. Then, he said, you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Connected to this is being aware of and knowing the perfect will of God for your life. The... uh, God's word translation of that verse says, don't become like the people of this world. Instead, change the way you think. Then you'll always be able to determine what God really wants. You'll be able to know the will of God. So we've gone into some uh, detail, as we've said, about what 
this entails. But the three basic things that we've seen over and over again. What does it mean to be renewed in your thinking, in your mind? It's basically this. Finding out what to think on and thinking about it. Finding out what you shouldn't be thinking on and stop thinking about it. And thirdly, believing and exercising that you have the power to think on what you choose to think on and not believe in anything else. Is it true if you change what you think on, you change you? Is that true? Good or bad? You start thinking on the wrong thing, it'll change you negatively. You start thinking on the right thing, it'll change you for the good, for the better. The psalmist said, oh, how precious are your thoughts to me. Talking about God's thoughts. God's thoughts expressed through his words are life. They are life. And they are health and peace. And his word, just like when he said light be, before he said light be, he conceived in himself. Yes. Right? Yes, sir. What light is. We've said this before. It, any craftsman, any artisan, any painter, any inventor. Before what they made or created was created, it existed somewhere else. A potter is making a vase. He or she knows what that vase looks like in detail before it exists out here. Which means it existed somewhere else before it became here. Before God made man, the heavens, the earth, the plants, the animals, everything, including us, descendants from Adam and Eve, he formed man out of the dust of the ground, didn't he? Yes, sir. But before he did that, man was in him. Yes. Right? Yes. We need to understand thoughts are not meaningless. They're not Vapor. The, a thought is a form of what can become. And before it exists out here, it exists in that realm where thoughts can be expressed through words. Now the enemy has been able to cause murders to come to pass. Terrible molestation and and harm and and devastation. But before some person after person did it, where did it exist? It existed in their mind. And in their heart, they thought on it. And they dwelt upon it. And they meditated upon it. And that affects your, whatever you think on, affects your desire. You cannot even be hungry. And start thinking about something good to eat. Will that affect your desire? Phyllis laughs at me because I don't I don't watch the food channel too much. 
Because as soon as I watch part of it, my next question to her is, how can we get some of that? Can we find it? (laughs) And before I watched it, I didn't want any of it. So what you're looking at and thinking about and hearing, does it affect your desire? Oh, yes, it does. And same thing in an evil way. People get to thinking about and they get to hating and they get to grudging and they get bitter. And so they get to wanting to hurt somebody. And it's because they're thinking about something they shouldn't be thinking about. And a whole lot of people will say, well, I I can't help it. That's a lie. That is a lie that you can't help but think on that. Everybody said out loud again, my mind is my mind. I can think on what I choose to think on. I can refuse to think on what I don't want to think on. My mind is my mind. Amen. We've already been through a lot of scriptures on this, but you know, Jesus made it very, very plain to us. He said, don't let yourself be afraid. Don't let yourself be troubled. Did he tell us that? Then are we going to turn around and tell him, I'm sorry, Lord, I know you told me that, but I can't help it. Did the Bible said, be careful for nothing, casting all your cares over on him. See, do not let the enemy convince you that you are a helpless victim to all these thoughts and these feelings. You can shut them down. You can cast down. You know what the scripture told us to do? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought. Can you do it? Must be able to. It's right there in the word. Bringing into captivity every thought. To the obedience of Christ. Thank you Lord. You do not have to think on things you know you shouldn't be thinking on. And no matter what you're seeing and feeling. You can choose to think on something else. In the midst of pain. You can think on by his stripes I'm healed. In the midst of bills and not seeing where the money can come from, you can think about my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. I have given and it is given to me good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, people given to my bosom. He always gives me all sufficiency in all things. Can you choose to think on that no matter what's going on? You can't. You can, and if we do, the Bible said, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. Go with me, if you would please, to Luke, the 8th chapter. Actually, Mark uh, covers this as well. I want to see pieces from both of this. So go to Mark 5 and Luke 8. If you would find both of those places, and uh, we'll see the parts we need to need to look at. Let's look in Mark five first. Then perhaps we'll turn over to Luke. Mark five, verse one. They came over to the other side of the sea, in the country of the Gadarenes. 
When he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. And cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God that you torment me not. And he said to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. He asked him, what is your name? And he said, my name's Legion, for we're many. He besought him that he would not send him away out of the country. And there was there near to the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. And there were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. (laughs) And you know, pigs would rather commit suicide than have devils in them. They that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they came to Jesus and saw him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed. And in his right mind. Somebody say in his right mind. And they were afraid. And uh, they that saw it, they went and told uh, how it befell him that was possessed with the devil concerning the swine. They began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And, and when he was coming in the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he'd be with him. And Jesus suffered him not, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell how great things the Lord has done for you and had compassion on you. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. He was delivered. He was set free from awful oppression and torment. And the Bible said when he was set free then, now he's in his right mind. Prior to that, he wasn't. Prior to this, when all this was going on, he's not in his right mind. And then when he gets set free, he is in his right mind. Come now, you talk about a picture of our text. He is running around naked, lives in the cemetery. He cuts himself. He yells and screams and breaks chains. Next thing you know, he's sitting there quiet and peaceful with his clothes on. Next, he's traveling around testifying about the goodness of God. Somebody say transform. Transformed. He's a different man. Not a little different. This is one, this is that caterpillar to butterfly. This is metamorphosis. This is radical transformation. And we see connected with it right mind, wrong mind. And there's revelation here of how the enemy gets in. 
This is how the enemy comes. This is how the Bible said, you know, we, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. And the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And that's what the next verse is, casting down imaginations. This warfare occurs in the mind. And the mind is the doorway to the spirit. Whatever you set your mind on, whatever you dwell upon with your mind, you open your spirit up to. How did this man get in such an awful shape that the enemy, the devil, had such a place in his life? He yielded to thoughts. He yielded to feelings. And the more you yield, the worse it gets. And I assure you, it started with a thought. Way back. I don't know how long it took him to get in that kind of shape. Didn't happen overnight. But it started with a thought. And he kept yielding to these thoughts and these feelings until a thought hit him. Why don't you pull off all your clothes? And run through the country. So he did. Thoughts came to him. Grab that sharp rock and cut yourself. So he did. You think thoughts coming to people, kids, teenagers about cutting themselves is coming from different places nowadays than here? Same place. He's living in tombs. He's living in filth. See, today, and it's been that way through every generation, but people that don't believe in God, they have to come up with another explanation. And people that don't believe in spiritual things. Today, he could have been a nudist goth. (laughs) He likes death. He likes dark things. He likes being in the cemetery. And he don't want to wear any clothes. (laughs) He's a goth nudist. (laughs) He's always dealing with chains and bondage stuff and... And some would say, well, hey, if people want to express themselves like that, then just, that's, you know, that's their personality. No, no. He didn't need to just be who he was, nudist goth. He needed to get delivered. He needed to get set free. <laughs> Come on, are y'all with me now? Nobody in their right mind runs through the country naked cutting himself and shrieking and hollering. Nobody in their right mind wants to live in a tomb. Well, I know people, well, they ain't in their right mind. That's what I'm telling you. Nobody in their right mind. Come on, can you see when he got set free, when he got delivered, he don't want to do that anymore. He wants to be with Jesus, right? And he's sitting there clothed and in his right mind. He didn't live in the tombs anymore and he didn't cut himself anymore. He went out on a mission telling people about Jesus. Telling them about what he had done for how he had set him free. 
what great thing, how he had compassion on him and set him free. Come on, can you see this? But see, the devil is very subtle. He's very crafty. He will continue to try to tell everybody, you and me included, well, no, this is just who you are. You need to be free to be who you are. You're a nudist. And other people just need to accept that that's what you are. It starts with a thought, doesn't it? A thought. Pull off all your clothes. Run through the country. Cut yourself. Now, he probably didn't cut himself the first time that thought crossed his mind. Probably not the 20th time. But it just kept coming back. And with the thought came the feelings. Do it. Do it. He's not necessarily hearing voices, at least not at first. At the end, he was. Do it. Why? You just, I don't know, I just have this urge. Yeah, I know. You're supposed to resist that. Any one of us could go nuts tomorrow. Me, you, any one of us could just go off the end. All you got to do is start thinking on the wrong thing and dwelling on it and yielding to the wrong feelings and talking the wrong things and then start acting on these crazy impulses. All you got to do is yield to it. And it will get worse and worse and worse. You could wind up like this guy. He's out of his head. He got to the place where he he's not even at the steering wheel anymore. You might know what I'm talking about. Somebody else is driving. People say, oh, that scares me. It doesn't have to scare you. You never even have to get close to that. You're not just walking down the road one day and go, oops, I got a devil. <laughs> How did that happen? Nuh-uh, uh-uh. No, 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 no. When satanic influence comes into your life and gets worse and worse, it's because you or whoever yields to it and gives it place. That's why the Bible says, give the devil. Neither give place to the devil. The scripture, don't give him any room. What does that mean? It means if the Lord told me don't give the devil any place, it means I got the power to not give him an inch. Right? Just by right. How many believe there's power in those words? Neither give place to the devil. If I believe it and act on it, I don't have to give him any place at all. And one of the key areas that we keep him out and shut him down is in our mind. It's in our mind. Now, are you believing with me this evening for utterance? There's some places we need to go. There's some things we need to do. And uh, it will keep us safe. But it is not conforming with the world. And it will be abrasive to the world. Can you handle it? Can you take it? Go to Romans, please, the first chapter. I want to be in my right mind. Amen. You know, I've said this for years now, and if you hadn't been saying it, you ought to start saying it. You know, being terrorized in your mind and losing your mind is a part of the curse of the law. 
in Deuteronomy 28. And Galatians 3.13 says we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. I've been saying it for years. I will never lose my mind. Never. I said, well, you, how do you know? You think you're better than somebody else? A lot of good people. I will never lose my mind. I can't believe that for you. I couldn't believe it for them, but I can believe it for me. And you can believe it for you. I will never lose my mind. I have the mind of Christ. The Lord didn't give me the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I will have all my faculties. I will be sharp and clear my entire life. And we all hope so, but no, that don't work. That don't work. Didn't the psalmist say, a thousand may fall at this side and ten thousand may fall over here, but it won't come near me. Why don't you tell him that's brass talk? That's bold talk there. That's how faith talks. And it's not because we think we're so special or we're so amazing. It's because we trust God to do what he told us he would do and to keep us. Now, if you don't believe that and you get in fear, and again, this is how it starts. It starts just this simple. Wow, I couldn't remember that. And the thought comes, yeah, you don't remember. You're not remembering like you used to. That is a deadly, dangerous thought. And you hear Christians repeat it by the millions. Yeah, you know, after I got a certain age, I just can't remember things like I used to. I guess I'm getting old. Ha <laughs> ha. That ain't funny. That is not funny. You sure you want to yield to that? You sure you want to? Because I'm telling you, the devil is so subtle. He's so crafty. He's trying to feed fear into you. And get you to experience symptoms and and get them worse and worse until you begin to panic. And thought comes, you're losing it. And if you're not smart, you'll go, I feel like I'm losing it. And that's how you actually do. Your fears come on you. The Bible said fear of death makes you subject to bondage. It's the very thing that makes you subject to it. Gives it access to you. You need to be bold. I said you need to be bold. And you need to be unwavering. Come on, everybody, sit real strong. I will never lose my mind. I will be sharp. I will be clear. And have my full faculties my whole life long. With long life. He will satisfy me and show me his salvation. Glory to God. One translation says, show me how he can save. Can he keep you? Is God able to keep you with your faculties? And Yes, easy, easy. Glory to God. Easy. But if you start, see, it starts with that thought. I just feel like I'm, you know, why couldn't I remember that? And if they only would be honest, they forgot stuff like that when they were 16. (laughs) But uh, it's a seed. And what it is, it is a seed of incapacitation. And it won't incapacitate you 
in a few months or maybe even five years. But if you let it grow in there and you think on it and you start talking that junk all the time, you'll get fuzzier and fuzzier and you'll fade. Do you believe it's possible to be 109 years old and be sharp as a tack? I've seen it. My Aunt Leo is 103. And you go by and visit her and she could recite for you the family tree for generations. Everybody's middle name, (laughs) where they were born, what hospital, the whole thing. On both sides, the whole tree. Don't believe these lies. Don't entertain these wrong thoughts. Look in uh, Romans, like we said, the first chapter. Some thoughts are deadly dangerous. And the enemy is hoping you won't notice it. And there is movement in the ungodly world around us to just embrace all kind of thinking. And you need to be open-minded, you know, and be well-read. Read all kind of stuff you don't believe. You have to be open to other religions and other people's makeups and lifestyles and their choices. And you can, because Jesus taught us tolerance. That's not true. It's amazing how Christians will let confused, ignorant unbelievers tell them what Jesus taught. So we say, well, didn't he? Jesus taught love and acceptance. No. Uh Uh-uh. He preached repentance and the kingdom of God. He preached repent and believe. And people have taken what he has said and thrown it away and replaced it with this everybody's all right. And if we'll just love everybody, that's all that matters. It ain't the Bible. It's not what Jesus preached. It's not what he taught. It's not true. Everybody's not okay. And we're not all brothers and sisters. It's not true. This stuff that people are spouting. And there are ways of thinking and ways of believing and ways of speaking and acting that will absolutely destroy you eternally. And we must not tell somebody they're okay doing that in an effort not to offend them. Man, if you're about to run your car off of a, a bridge into the the river, offend me. Yes. <laughs> huh, you might know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Slap me. I won't like it, but I'll hug you when it's over with, right? Yeah. <laughs> Do not try to be so accommodating and politically correct that you won't even tell me that I'm about to be destroyed. Right, right. 
Now, we don't have to be mean about it. We don't have to be judgmental. We don't have to be cruel. But we need to tell the truth. I said we need to tell the truth. And if it's not okay, we can't say it's okay. And if God says it's sin, we have to call it sin. And if he says you won't be okay doing this, then we can't tell them they'll be okay. It's pretty simple. Nobody is okay without Jesus. I know people don't like it that plain, but that's a fact. Nobody is okay without Jesus. He is the only way. The only way. Now notice what the end, how this works. In Romans, the first chapter, down about verse 20, let's just start in, in 16. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Would you say that too? Why would you have to say that? Because the enemy will try to make you ashamed. He'll try to convince you that you're old, stuck in the rut, this and that, not with it, not with the times, and, and your, uh, your mind is not expanded like it needs to be, that you're narrow-minded and exclusive and just a dinosaur. <laughs> You know, need the emotional crutch of religion because you don't have a, enough intelligence and education. Because if you really got smart enough and educated enough, you wouldn't need all that stuff. And, and then you'd embrace everybody's ideals and beliefs and let everybody be free to be who they are and what they are. If it's a nudist goth or, or whatever. <laughs> Rather just be what you are. Don't be ashamed of it. I don't know if that had been today, he could have got on some talk shows. <laughs> Couldn't he? And other people would begin to join in if they want to be nudist goths too. And that they had never felt so free until they pulled off all their clothes and ran through the cemetery <laughs> screaming and cutting themselves. And they had an epiphany. They had an experience. Well, yeah, you would. <laughs> But that don't make it God. It's spiritual. Oh, is it spiritual? They are having an out of this world experience. But it's the devil. It's not God. And it's destroying them. Ruining their life. In Romans uh, 1, let's keep reading. He said in verse 19... That which may be known of God is manifested or shown to them, for God has showed it to them. The invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God... They glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Everybody that's honest of heart, if you look up into the night sky and the heavens, 
and you see the radiance of the sun and the stars and you see the majesty of the mountains and the oceans and all this creation, you know somebody made that. It's ridiculous to say you don't believe in any intelligent design. We say, well, a lot of people do. It's ridiculous. It's ignorance gone to seed. What do you mean, Brother Keith? Well, this, the atmosphere, the gravity, the solar system, the precision that this thing works with surpasses any machine man has ever made, any computer, anything. Do you believe this? Nobody has ever made anything. No human being has ever made anything like a puppy. Nobody has ever created anything like a whale. Nobody has ever caused anything to operate with the precision of the mass and magnitude of planets and the gravity. And it works better than any watch. And to say that that all just chaotically happened is like saying, I'm going to take a bunch of C4 and set it off out in the steel yard, scrap yard. And when the dust clears, there'll be a new Lexus sitting there. So we say, well, maybe if you set it off enough times, it would. It ain't never going to be a new Lexus sitting there from detonating C4. So the truth is, everybody, whether they were a child, at some point in their life, they looked at everything around them and they knew, whether they admitted it or not, they knew in their heart, somebody made all this. But you don't have to accept that truth. You can choose to believe something else. But if you don't want to believe the truth, What else is there to believe? You've already heard the truth. You don't want that. What else is there to believe? Anything else is not going to be the truth. It's going to be a lie. But you can believe it for the truth if you want to. But what happens? Your understanding gets darkened. Now keep reading this and see how this happens. He goes on to say, Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. They changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to the uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie. They exchanged it. They didn't want the truth. So what else can you have? A lie. And they worshipped and served the creature or the creation more than the creator who is blessed forever. There's a real move going on right now. I call it green religion. Worship of Mother Earth. There is no Mother Earth. There's the planet God The Father created. Mother nature. No, no. God. 
And we were not put here to serve the planet. The planet. Now I'm not advocating that we see how quick we can destroy it. But at the same time, the Bible tells us the planet is dying just like your body. Our body is made of the same stuff we're standing on. And the Bible said the earth is groaning and travailing. It is. These earthquakes, these storms, these problems, the earth is getting old and it's dying. So you don't, you don't believe in global warming? I actually go further. I believe in global melting. It's not going to, the earth's not going to be destroyed because of man's excessive pollution. No, 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 no. We're told exactly how it's going. Read the New Testament. It's all there. But we're not to worship the creation. We're not to worship the planet. We're not to worship nature. We're to worship the God who created all of this. Come on, can you see this? But see, when people don't want to believe that, they don't want to believe God created everything and created man. They don't want to believe the Genesis Account. They don't want to believe any of this. Well, then what are you going to believe then? If you don't believe that, what are you going to believe? Well, you're going to come up with lies. <laughs> and the problem is you can believe lies. You can become, you can convince yourself that these lies are true. That's what it means to be deceived. You get to the place where you, you don't realize this is a lie anymore. You believe it. Keep reading. They changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature or the creation more than the creator. Said out loud, I don't worship the creation. I worship the creator. Verse 26, for this cause God gave them up to vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. He's describing what is politically referred to now as alternate lifestyle. And there is a huge push. People are virtually being forced to accept that being homosexual, being lesbian is as normal as being heterosexual. Some people are just born different. And there is enormous pressure being brought to bear to force everybody to accept this as scientifically proven truth. How do you reconcile that with this passage? Let me read uh, the living, New Living translation of this. Don't, uh, don't presume or where I'm going. Somebody say, you're against this or that. I'm against people being in bondage. I'm against people being confused. I'm against people being lost. And I am adamantly against it. Yes. Against people being lost. Are people not knowing God? Are people, you know, being robbed of things that they could have? Yes, I am. 
The scripture says uh, in the New Living Translation, verse 21, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they begin to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became what? Dark and confused. Would that describe some people's minds throughout our land and world? Dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. And so they worshipped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. And that is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. And as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. And since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God. He abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. The King James says he gave them over to a reprobate mind. What is a reprobate mind? You hear so much talk about this and confusion. Reprobate means tested and not approved, not accepted. Rejected. And if something is tested like a metal and it doesn't pass the test, what do you do with it? It's worthless. You throw it away. So people's thinking and their lives and their pursuits have become worthless. And people have gotten to the place where God just let them, let them go the way they wanted to go. It's totally destroying them. It's taking them to destruction. And it's not his will. But they didn't want to think his thoughts. They didn't want to believe his truth. So they've created their own alternate truth. Which is no truth. Now the reason I'm talking about this. Number one I feel led to. But I don't hate anybody. And sin. Well excuse me. I hate the devil. (laughs) I do. And don't feel bad about it. And people make a mistake by categorizing sin. Saying this sin is worse than this sin. And this sin is worse than that sin. Where I don't see that in the scriptures. Sin is sin. And sin is not... Breaking somebody's rules that they've written down. Sin is violation of light. Sin is violating what you see and what you know. But I want to deal with these lies because this is our topic. And we need to touch on this part about the reprobate mind. How does a person get to this place? Of being rejected and their thinking futility. And God just let them go their own way into destruction. It starts with a thought. 
And people put so much stock in the thoughts and feelings. Every person on the planet is what they've become, not what they have to be. That's you, that's me, every one of us. We are what we have become, not what we have to be. And what people are saying is, well, if I'm a man and I have a desire to be with a man, I can't help that. God made me this way. Now I see people shaking their head, but you do know half the country believes this. And it's ready to force it down the throat of the other half. And people believe they have all kind of clinical studies. They believe they got all kind of tests and medical proof and scientific proof that verifies this nine ways. That it's just a fact. Some people are born this way. But why don't they say carry it further? There are also people who are not interested. You know, they got to the place where they're not interested. If it's a man in another woman. Or even another man. They want a child. So why weren't they just born this way too? And why do they have to stay in the closet? I know some of this is frank. But we need to know what we believe. And why we believe it. We we need to know what's true and what's a lie. Our desires don't define us. If a person says, well, you know, I'm I'm married and they're married, but I want so-and-so's wife. I just need to admit it. I need to come out of the closet. I'm an adulterer. That's what I am. And you just need to accept that that's what I am. Really? I'm a thief, you could say. I like to steal stuff. I just get it on my mind. And I get to thinking about what's over there in that safe. And I get to wanting it so bad. And I'm good at it. I have skills. (laughs) I'm a thief. God made me a thief. No, he didn't. No, he did not. Our desires don't tell us who we are. Our desires tell us what we've yielded to. The thoughts and feelings we have yielded to. And what's confusing to a lot of people. The devil starts trying to influence people in their mother's womb. Before they're even born. Don't you remember? John the Baptist leapt in his mother's womb. The Spirit of God moved on him. Is that right? He ain't even born yet. And he's been influenced by spiritual influences. Sadly, people can be influenced by evil spiritual influences as well. And instead of little ones having wrong desires and wanting to do wrong things, instead of their parents helping them to see, no, that ain't right, resist that, don't yield to that, the whole world is telling them, no, this is normal. Just yield to that. No. I said, no. I said, well, you've, 
You don't understand, Brother Keith. If you've never had desires for the same sex, you don't know. And I don't. But And I am not trying to be hard and calloused if you have. And I'm sure there's a lot of things I don't understand about it. But don't believe lies. I said don't believe lies. Don't say God made you a way. And don't say you got no choice. We're talking about transformation. Come on now, y'all listen to me. We're talking about a God who can transform you into something totally different. Come on now. A slobbering, screaming, naked idiot in the cemetery is transformed into a well-dressed, carrying the message to the community, man of God. So don't tell me you can't be changed with your sexual desires or your thoughts or your feelings. That's not the question. The question is, are you willing to be? And it's not about, well, I don't, I don't believe like you do. Forget about me. Do you love Jesus? Come on now. Do you love him? If he told you that's not what you're supposed to be, would you be willing to listen to him? That's the question. Don't look at me or any other preacher or anybody anywhere between you and him. And remember, he's not going to tell you something different than this Bible tells you. He is the word. Do not say, man, I've had nine affairs. I'm this. I'm unfaithful. I'm an adulterer. Don't say that. Don't say that. You can be transformed. You can be transformed into a stable, faithful, peaceful, joyful individual. Come on. Do you believe it? Well, I've just lied and stole and done this. I'm just a, I'm a thief and a liar and I'm that. No, no, no. Everybody on the planet is what they've become. And why have they become what they've become? Because of what they yielded to. But not what you have to be. Come on, do you believe? Nobody on the planet is stuck. God has not ordained that anybody be something ungodly. He has not caused anybody to be born or predestined them to do anything he said was sin or wrong. But you got to make up your mind what you believe. You want to believe all this other stuff? Well, then you cannot change. You are stuck. But the truth has the power to make you free. And what you must do is get a hold of your mind. And if you thought wrong for years and years and people have told you it was alright to think that way and that that was normal and this and that, then you got some mind renewal in front of you. And I'm not going to tell you it's easy because it's challenging. You thought a certain way for 40 years You think that way without trying. That's become your identity. You think that's who you are. And for practical purposes, it is. But 
Hallelujah. How many believe you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind? Can you be transformed? Yes, I can. A thief and a liar can be transformed into the most faithful, trustworthy person around. Can they? Come on. An unfaithful adulterer can be translated and, excuse me, uh, transformed, I'm trying to say, into the most rock solid. Get to the place where all those pulls and desires. Why? Or some people just tormented by looking at somebody else's spouse all the time and fantasizing. That's no way to live. That's no unsatisfied desire. It's misery. It's torment. And think, have some wisdom about it. You think, well, if you're fleshly thinking and saying, well, if I could just have them, I'd be satisfied. No, you wouldn't. You would wear off and it'd be somebody else. And it'd be somebody else and it'd be somebody else and it'd be somebody else. The eyes of man are never satisfied. Don't believe these lies. What's the solution? Cut off what is feeding these desires. Cut off thinking about it. And don't say you can't. Don't say you can't. That's not true. Cut off thinking about it and you will cut off the feed of the desire and the desire will begin to wane. And if you keep cutting it off, that desire will get weaker and weaker until even if you have been obsessed with it, you'll get to where you can go all day and not even think about it. And then you'll go longer than that. And then you'll get to where you can look at somebody, uh, opposite sex or whatever the problem you've been dealing with, and just look at them as a person and not even think about them the way you used to have all those thoughts. It is possible to get free. And when you're free, you're free. I mean, all that torment and that anguish and that shame and that guilt, and that's ruined your life. Do you believe you can be free, saints? Somebody say transformed. Transformed. Say it again, transformed. Transformed. How will you be transformed? What did the scripture say? By the renewing of your mind. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Skip down to uh, uh, chapter 7 of Romans. Can you give me a few more minutes here? Let's don't be in too big of a rush. We don't want to miss anything. Some thoughts you should yield to, meditate on them. They're going to feed desires. It'll be good desires for good things. Other thoughts, you need, when the thought, you're first aware of its presence, you need to treat it like a cobra. Are you listening? Like a cobra in your baby's crib. Because it is. Thoughts that are just that deadly. You need to realize I cannot let myself think about this. Why? Because thoughts have the power to bring form and shape to things in this life. Oh, it might not happen the first day or two you think on it or the first three or four months or the first year. But you keep yielding to it and you'll change into somebody you don't even recognize. 
Oh, it's happened. Over and over again. And it started with a thought. Or, you can read your chapter and meditate on that every day. You can talk with your faith buddies. Huh? And shout about God's word to you in his holy writ and by his spirit. And you can meditate in that night and day. And get to the place over a period of time where you don't even recognize yourself. (laughs) In a good way. You have become so much more like Jesus than you were. And that's not hype. That's what the scripture says. It says, as we behold, like in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, we're changed. Somebody say changed. Changed into that image from glory to glory by the Spirit of the living God. Is it possible to become a totally different person? It is. Is it really as simple as not thinking anymore about it? Those wrong things and thinking about the right. Yes, it is. I said it is that simple. I didn't say it was easy. It's simple. But wrong thoughts can come to you a thousand times a day. Come on, have you you realized this? The devil is a persistent cuss and he is very crafty. But what do you do? If it comes a thousand times a day, you cast it down a thousand times a day. And you say, I am not thinking about that. I'm not thinking about that. And oh, you are safeguarding yourself. You're protecting yourself. You're making it easy for yourself. Because you're not feeding these wrong desires. And so they won't be pushing you and bothering you and tormenting you. Make it easy on yourself. Romans 7 and 22. He said, I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind. What's warring against your mind? Bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Can you afford to think about sin? Well, as long as you don't do it. Oh, no. No. People say, well, as long as you look, but don't touch. That's not a scripture. Some thoughts are absolutely deadly. You cannot afford to think about them for a minute. If you do, come on, think about the madman of Gadara. Naked, screaming, cutting himself, living in the graveyard. Did he think that's where he would wind up? When he first began to think about these things back those months or years before? No, he the devil never showed him that. But he just kept yielding. And kept yielding and kept doing more bizarre stuff and more violent stuff and more perverted stuff. And you do that and you just yield your whole self and life to the enemy. Oh, friend, make it easy on yourself and before it ever gets going. Amen. know what I'm talking about? Stop it before it ever starts. Meet that thought at the door and say, no, you are not getting in here. I refuse to think about that. I refuse to. And I don't care what you got to do if you got to get your mind on something else and, and you got to get somebody else to talk about something else or do something, but do not sit around and yield to it. 
Get it off your mind. He said this thing's warring against the law of his mind. Verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Just because an ugly thought comes to your mind. Doesn't mean you should feel guilty or ashamed. Because so many of these thoughts, they don't come from inside you. They came from out here to you. And the devil will try to make you feel guilty and ashamed because that thought showed up. Brother Hagin, my father in the faith, used to say this all the time. He said, you can't prevent a bird from flying over your head. But you can prevent him from building a nest in your hair. And that's exactly what thoughts are like. Thoughts may come to you, but you can send them right on out. You do not let them build a nest. I've shared this before, but I think it'll bear repetition. I I heard this fellow giving his testimony decades ago. He said uh, he was viewing this new building that they had, and it was stories and stories high up. And he got up this little balcony, little small thing with a rail, and he's looking out. Man, he's way up high, and cars and people look like little tiny toys. And, And this thought came to him, why don't you just jump? He just turned around and said, you jump. I'm not. And something as simple as that, I thought, yes, yes, glory to God. Why? Because all too often people do not do that. They don't. He's recognizing that thought is coming to him from the enemy. Not only is he not going to do it, he's not going to feel bad because the enemy brought it to him. It wasn't his idea. Even the most holy saint of God, the most consecrated man or woman of God has had thoughts come to them that were vile. The difference is you don't give place to it. You don't think it, much less say it, much less do it. Right? And there are times you need to turn around and just say, are you crazy? No. No and never no. I'm never going to say and do that. No. No. Not my thought. Can you say amen? Amen. Down in verse 5, he says, They that are after the flesh, they do mind the things of the flesh. And they that are after the Spirit, they mind the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. There are people that are experiencing death. Oh, yeah, they're free. They're living the lifestyle they want to. They're doing, but they are not happy. They're miserable. And the worst thing is they believe they cannot get out. They believe they cannot change. This is God's lot that he gave, my lot in life. Oh, God, why did you give me this? He didn't. He, don't you believe that lie? He did not make you wrong. He did not make any of us thieves or liars or drunkards or drug addicts or adulterers or perverted in any way. Come on, let's have enough sense to not blame our holy God for such stuff. That ain't on him. Well, it's on the devil. 
You can't really fully blame him either. Because he can't make us think and desire and yield. All he can do is come and feed it to us and bring it to us night and day. And he's, he's persistent. But And maybe you didn't know before that you could do differently. That you could shut it down. But do you believe the Bible? Come on, do you believe the scriptures? Sit out loud. My mind is my mind. I don't have to think on anything I shouldn't think on. And I can think on everything I should think on. My mind is my mind. Hallelujah. Go to 2 Corinthians 10 in closing, I think. Brother Keith, are you implying that a person doesn't have to be gay or lesbian? No, I'm not implying it. I'm saying it flat out. Any more, now listen, any more than a person has to be a pedophile or has to be an adulterer. Or has to be a liar or a thief. Now don't categorize, you clapped, but don't categorize sin. Don't say that sin's worse than that. Said who? Said who? Now if you want to be a thief and a liar, that's what you're going to be. If you want to be playboy, you know, you want to be an adulterer, you want, that's what you're going to be. God's not going to make you change. Nobody else can. And if you persist in it long enough, you will convince yourself that it's all right. And you will believe lies and your understanding will be darkened. And that's how you get to the reprobate mind. Where you have convinced yourself that you are right and God is wrong and the Bible is wrong and all these Christians are just ignorant. And you'll find out eventually. But it could be after this life. It could be too late. I didn't say everybody that committed those sins would be lost. And I'm not implying that either. Can people do these things that are born again? Yes, they can. Sadly. We all got flesh. You can do all kinds of stuff. You and me, the one, can't trust our flesh any further than we can throw it. Do you understand this? Because it wasn't your body that got born again. You still got the same body and the same kind of body every other sinner on the planet has. Do you understand this? And your body will be a drug addict. It'll be a drunkard. It'll be a whoremonger. It'll be anything that anybody else is being if you let it. That's why Paul said, in fact, you're there close by. Go to 1 Corinthians 9. 1 Corinthians 9, Paul said, verse 27, by the Spirit of God, he said, I keep, that's present tense, isn't it? I keep under my body. Who is saying this? This is a man that God used to pen over half of the New Testament, got caught up to the third heaven. This is a man that's preached the gospel to the known world, and he says, I got to keep my body under i got to keep it there. Lest 
By any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. That word castaway, in essence, means the same thing as reprobate. It's the same idea. Fail the test, disapproved, and cast aside. Well, he said castaway in the King James. So, I don't care who you are. And we've seen it on the news. And we've heard it. People that have been in, in high place in the church and in the things of the, of God that lost it and messed up and fell horribly. But there's no need in anybody picking up a rock. That's right. Come on. Right? Because unless you keep under your body, you could do the same kind of thing before it's over with. Don't say, oh, no, I couldn't. Oh, yeah, you could. Now, you don't have to, but you could. A lot of these people wound up doing things they never imagined they would do. Why? Because that's the way sin is. It's never, you know, uh, today it's a drink, and next thing you know, it's two bottles. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's a little of this, and then too much is never enough. That Why? What do you got to do? Just stop it. You can never satisfy the flesh. So the solution is cut it off, cut it off, cut it off. Is it easy? No, some things feel like pulling your eye out. Some things feel like cutting your hand off. But the Lord will help you. Won't he? I said he'll help you. I know of people. I know of people. I know of people that had used so many drugs. I mean, they could hardly give you a straight answer to a question. Their mind was just burnt. And now they're as sharp as can be, strong in the ministry. Glory to God. I know of people that were, how do you say it? They championed the cause of gay rights. They were flaming in their vernacular. And now they are happily married to a person of the opposite sex and got kids and a family and love God and are free. Yes, sir. Free? Yes, Don't tell me. You can't help it. Don't tell me God made you that way. These are lies. I said these are lies. They're not true. But don't separate it from the other areas. He didn't make us adulterers either. Right? And it's up to you or me what we let ourselves think on, what we let ourselves feed on, what we let ourselves believe. Just like the thought came. Well, you didn't remember that. You're getting old and forgetful. Same kind of thing. Well, you like lavender. And you're a man. And you, uh, you thought that guy looked real nice. And you, you actually know the difference in, in your colors and you have some taste and, and you want your furniture to be right and you're gay. That's idiocy. Are you listening to me, friends? Well, you're a woman, but you, you like to rodeo and you like to climb a tree and you like to do this. You like to, you're, you're, you're lesbian. You're this, you're that. You're, I won't use all the words, but. Crazy. Crazy. Don't let the 
ungodly world tell you what you are. Don't let them conform you into their deceived molds. Come on, are you listening now? You know who you are? You know what you are? If you're a child of God, if you're a believer, it don't matter what anybody else said or what you feel or what you think. I am what he says I am. That's it. And if I don't feel like it, my feelings got to change. Come on. If it doesn't look like it, the looks like got to change. Because I am what he says I am. And he's able to change me into that. That's my destiny. To be conformed to his image. His likeness. Jesus didn't suffer from an identity crisis. He didn't struggle with who he was and what he was. Nor should we. Because he's in us and we're in him. Our desires don't define us. Where'd those goofy desires come from anyway? Our, our feelings, our inclinations. and Well, yeah, but you see how I am. Yeah, but you learned how to be that way over 10, 20, 30, 50 years of lifetime. Anybody can become anything. Or anybody can be transformed from that into a glorious, free child of God. Can you say amen? Amen. Second Corinthians we were going to read. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. I know we quoted it, but I want you to read it again. Second Corinthians 10, 3. Though we walk in this flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Don't wrestle within yourself. Well, I have these feelings and I, and I just try to make myself feel different. No, no, you will lose. That battle. No, no. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not natural. But they're real and they are mighty. They're powerful through God to the pulling down of strongholds. There are strongholds in people's lives that they are liars. That they are unfaithful. That they are thieves. That they are this. That they are immoral. That they are perverted. Strongholds in people's life, they developed over years and decades. And everything about them tells them, you are this. Oh, but friend, there's something mightier. Come on, do you believe it? There is something that can pull down those strongholds. Something that can pull down a lifetime of deception and wrong thinking and yielding to wrong feelings and acting on wrong urges. There is something powerful enough. Come on, can you see Jesus walking and the madman of Gadara falling down in front of him? I'm telling you, he was full of demonic influence and personality and power, but it was no match for what he met that day. Come on, do you see that? It was no struggle, no match. I don't know how long that poor man had been that way. Think about it. Cut to shreds, emaciated, malnourished, out of his mind, living in the elements with no clothes. What a mess he must have been in. Yeah. Next yeah. thing you see, sitting there 
hair combed, good clothes on, smiling, had a good meal in his belly. Huh? In his right mind. In his right mind. He don't want to be a nudist anymore. He's in his right mind. He don't want to be goth anymore. He don't want to be in, he don't want to be in a cutter anymore. He's not infatuated with death. Coffins and skulls and decay. That's not us, brother. We're life, life, life. Not death, life. Life. Jesus didn't come so that we could live in the graveyard. He came that we might have life. Not death. And have it more abundantly. Can you say amen? Amen. The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Say it out loud. They're mighty through God. Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. He goes on to say, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought, every thought, say every thought, every thought, every thought, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What does that mean? Whatever he says I am. That's what I am. And anything else that says different gets slammed. Right? It gets slammed. It gets knocked down, slammed down. And if it pops back up, it gets slammed again. Because I am never accepting any way of thinking or any way of feeling that's contrary to what he told me I am. We talked about some obvious sin and Desire, wrong desires. But friend, it doesn't end with those things that are as obvious. You can walk with God for years. You can make a lot of progress. You can get free. But I assure you, being held up in comparison with the perfected Christ, you realize, whoo, we got a long ways to go. And you begin to see, man, I got, I need to change my thinking. I need to change my believing. And you got to believe again, it is possible. To be transformed from where I am to there. And and nothing is too hard for the Lord. Don't say, this is just, I was born this way. This is just the way I am. You have to accept it. No, that's none of that's true. Uh, this is, you know, I, I've just, I've always been this way. And this is how my people are. No, no. You are how you've become. Not how you have to be. You became the way, you and I became the way we are. By yielding to what we yielded to. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Somebody got me some tapes. Ooh, glory to God. Back in the mid 70s. Somebody got me some tapes. And I listened to them. And I heard some thoughts of God. Ooh, and I began to think some thoughts of God. I begin to think God's thoughts after him and they excited me and they showed me what could be and what was possible and what he had done and what he wanted for me and what his will and plan was for me. And it looked so much different than what I looked, saw in the mirror sitting in my little poverty and my ignorance and my obscurity. But I believed in the transforming power 
of the word of God and it began to work in me and Phyllis and I thought about it and talked about it and thought about it and talked about it and I want you to know you didn't know us back then but I assure you you're looking at different people we have been transformed from the people we were then can anybody in here testify you're being transformed you're different than how you were a few years ago. Well, has the Lord lost his power? Or what about in a few years from now? Could you be changed that much again? Come on, do you believe it? Stand up on your feet, everybody. Whoo, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Said out loud, I am what the Lord says I am. Doesn't matter. What I've thought or felt, I am what the Lord says, I am. Oh, lift up your hands. Begin to praise Him. Begin to thank Him for the clarity of His will, the clarity of His Word coming through to you, coming into you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Focus on him. Don't look around. Focus on him for a few minutes right now. Set your mind on him. Set your mind on him and open your spirit wide open to him. Oh, tell him, say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. I'm open to you. I believe you. Oh, thank you, Lord. I I don't, I choose not to be conformed to this world. I choose not to believe lies and things that contradict you. I yield myself to you. I yield myself. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.